This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. The best crop margins ever are followed by the... We will attempt to answer that question as Michael Langmire looks at the numbers he's compiled regarding the 2021 crop year and how it stacks up against prior years. What does the inflation of input costs mean for margins moving forward? You'll be interested in his projections. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, and it's brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. In 2020, I had the chance to use a new corn nitrogen product firsthand in my fields. Pivot Bioproven. Pivot Bioproven adheres to the root of the corn plant, creating a mutually beneficial nitrogen-generating partnership that stays strong all the way through harvest. It's the weather-resistant and sustainable way to achieve more predictable, more productive yields than ever before. We did another trial in 2021, and I'll be sharing those results as we move through the season. In fact, we're just ready to begin cutting corn silage soon, so it will be interesting to see what we find from Pivot Bio Proven as we take a look at how it can help supply corn with the nitrogen it needs throughout the season. And that hopefully means the use of less synthetic nitrogen in the future, and that can save us money while still supplying the corn the nutrients it needs. Pivot Bio Proven may change the way you think about nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Corn and soybean prices are at higher than average levels right now. I'd even say significantly higher price levels historically, and that means margins for many crop producers this year could be very good. Drought has hit some production areas, but others are experiencing good to very good weather. But we are also seeing input costs for fertilizer, seed, land rental, and other categories moving upward. Double-digit percentage gains in prices in some cases. So exactly where do we sit and where are we heading? While we can't 100% predict the future, Purdue ag economist Michael Langmire consistently surveys those numbers and looks at what we can expect now and how next year is shaping up. I think you'll be interested in what he's learned. Michael Langmire is an ag economist at Purdue, and he joins me as we talk about trends this year, but looking ahead to next year, certainly things are changing with input prices and what we might project for what we can get for that crop. Michael, first of all, thanks for joining me. And you know, maybe you want to talk about this year, first of all, because certainly in a lot of areas of the country, we may have a pretty good uh, yield. And we did this on input prices that were certainly cheaper than we are probably going to have next year. So our margin should be good in many places, shouldn't it? Yes, 2021 is going to be a pretty good year, particularly in the, in the eastern Corn Belt. Uh, in parts of the western Corn Belt, it's when you get into the North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota, where they have much drier weather, where the margins are, are likely not to be as good. But 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 throughout uh, but throughout the uh, the, the Corn Belt, uh, you know, going from Nebraska to Ohio, uh, if, for those that hit trend yields or higher, uh, the margins look really good. Uh, these are probably the best margins we've seen in, in, in crop agriculture since 2013. And, and so I'm expecting the margins to be even better than 2020. And what's really remarkable about 2021 compared to 2020 is 2020, a, a substantial portion of the income came from government payments, 
whereas in 2021, that's not the case at all. Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the higher margins are, are directly related to the higher crop prices, particularly this, uh, particularly this spring for those that, that may have marketed ahead of time uh, you know, some of their 21 crop. But, but even looking at those that are just going to uh, sell, sell in the cash market in, in the fall, fall and winter of 2021, uh, the margins look pretty good. You mentioned the government payments last year. Of course, that was significant for several producers. But you think maybe the, the margins this year could be even better without those payments. Is that right? That's what I'm looking at. But, you know, I, I primarily look at Indiana with respect to that. But I, I particularly for the Eastern Corn Belt, I'll qualify it that way. I think the margins in 21 are going to be stronger than those in 2020 by quite a ways. Let's talk about production for just a moment. You, of course, are in the Eastern Corn Belt. From what I have seen, that that crop, as we look into Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, looks to be pretty good. Is that what you have seen in a lot of places? Yeah, from what I've seen and and talking to people, I I think we're going to be above trend yield, uh, both for for corn and soybeans. Uh, The corn crop in particular looks very good. Uh, If if you drive in in, in, uh, central and northern Illinois and and, uh, most of Indiana, um, and, and, and so I, I think we're going to be above trend uh, in, quite, in quite a few places in, in the Eastern Corn Belt. So how big of an impact, and of course we don't know yet, but we're getting an idea, how big of an impact then would the drought in Iowa, in Minnesota, the Dakotas, parts of Nebraska, how big of an effect does that have on the total crop then that we are expecting here in 2021? Well, the USDA has not come out with their yield estimates yet, I, but, but given the, the crop conditions report that's been coming out on a weekly basis, uh, I, I, th- I would be surprised if we're, if we're very much a below trend for the U.S., because we're going to have pockets where certainly the yield is not going to be trend, but we've also got some pretty big pockets uh, where, where we're going to be above trend, and if you average that all out, uh, I, I would be surprised at this point that we're not close to the trend U.S. yield. Sure. You know, we do have a good yield in, in many places. We, we know to those that maybe do not. Give me an, an idea then of where we stand as far as margins this year compared to any years in the past. You kind of referenced some years, but does this have a chance to perhaps be one of, if not the best year for a lot of producers when it comes to their margin on, on corn and beans in particular? Yeah, let's look, let's look back historically a little bit. In 2014 to 2019, for, for most crop producers, the margins were not particularly good, particularly compared to the 2007 to 2013 period. Uh, 2021 is shaping up to be, to be one of those years that, that, that could rival, you know, depending, again, how uh, the marketing strategies that people pursued, because there were some very good price opportunities, uh, particularly in April and May, uh, but but it, it could rival some of the high margins we saw uh, during that 10, 11, 12, and 13 period. And so and so, so 21 is, is certainly shaping up to be a good year if if you get the yield. Uh, that's always a, a qualifier that you need because not everybody's going to get those those trend yields or higher. Right, right. We have years like this every once in a while where the crop prices come up, but we still had lower input prices. It seems like there's that one year and then those input prices jump up. Uh, they catch up with us. So what are we looking at in 2022? How much do we see the input prices going up uh, next year? Yeah, let me talk about that with several different angles. One of the things I want to start with is the ag economy barometer. We've been asking a question the last two or three months related to uh, average prices paid for farm inputs, a very general question. Uh, and, and, we, and we start out that question by saying that over the last 10 years, uh, the, average, uh, the average price Prices paid index has only increased uh, 
about 2%, a little less than 2%. And so we, we, we're asking people, what do they think uh, look, that's going to look like uh, 12 months from now? And, and, uh, and, and the results are, are very consistent with inflation. Uh, you know, inflation expectations are much higher this year for, for for consumers. It's also true for agriculture, maybe even more so uh, than it is for general consumption items. Only 20% of those surveyed indicated that they thought uh, prices were going to input prices were going to increase zero to two percent. That's where we where we're at from a historical average, looking at the last 10 years. Uh, and so quite a few quite a few producers are expecting some rather large increases in input prices. And again, that's a very general question. I'll get into more specifics here in a little bit. But staying on the ag economy barometer, another question that we've been asking producers is cash rental rates. And we've been asking these uh, of, of producers that plant corn and soybeans. And so this is this is uh, crop rental rates. Um, and two-thirds of the survey uh, plants corn and soybeans, and so it's, it's, it's a vast majority of the producers that are, that are surveyed every month in the ag economy barometer. Um, and about half of the producers uh, expect cash rents to be higher. If you were in the eastern corn belt, if, if we just surveyed the eastern corn belt, I think that 50% would, would be much, much higher. But that's for the entire U.S. About half of the producers expect higher cash rents, and those that expect higher cash rents only about a quarter of those, so a quarter of the half, expect uh, cash rents to, to adjust less than 5%. And so there's some expectations out there from producers uh, using the Ag Economy Barometer Survey uh, of higher cash rents. Uh, and, and so one of the, one of the input, pri- input costs that, that is, is going to increase, particularly in areas that have strong yields, is cash rent. Uh, I would not be surprised at all to see uh, uh, cash rent increases in 2022 of 5 to 10 percent. Uh, and it's been a while since we've seen increases that big. You have to go back to 10, 11, 12. Uh, you know, and for, so quite a while ago, quite a while ago, um, or quite a while since we've seen increases that big. And so that's one of the pressures uh, on on prices. Certainly, fertilizer is another uh, large. Um, uh, you know, input that where we're seeing some rather large increases. If you if you use today's fertilizer prices as kind of a projection of what 2022 might look like, we're looking at fertilizer prices. And again, I'm not talking about any specific type of fertilizer, but just in general, and P and K, um, you know, using using uh, budgets of 15 to 20 percent higher. Uh, and so when you start combining, uh, you know, higher cash rents, higher fertilizer prices. Probably some upward pressure on on seed prices. You're looking at some rather significant increases uh, in break-even prices. Is your land and the fertilizer going to be the ones that jump the biggest percentage? In my mind, as a farmer here in Missouri, that's what I see. But I'm interested what you're seeing there. Definitely, I, I'm not saying the other inputs are not necessarily going to increase. I like I said, I think there's going to be some uh, upward pressure on seed prices. We haven't seen. Uh, we we haven't seen increases in, in in a while, and in fact, we saw some decreases compared to 2013, uh, 2013 to 2020. Seed prices are actually lower. I, I think that that uh, that period's over. Uh, the period where we have flat to to slightly declining seed prices is probably over at least for a while. And and now I think we're going to see some some price increases. Uh, it's it's a little hard to to estimate how much that's going to be, but if you look at historical averages over a long period of time, it's not uncommon for seed prices to increase five percent. Uh, and so I would not be surprised at all if it wasn't if it wasn't five percent. Uh, you know, fuel prices are a little high a little higher also, and so you're seeing some some upward pressure there. Uh, there is some good news. Interest rates remain low. 
and and uh, and so that that is some good news. And, and crop insurance prices is based on on price uh, projections, and so the, the, those prices are probably going to be flat. Uh, you know, and and so there is some prices that 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 we're not seeing as much upward pressure as others. But but when you when you come right down to it, cash rent, fertilizer, and seed are big cost items. Uh, in a corn, soybean, or, or wheat budget, and so and so that translates into these you know, rather substantial increases in break-even prices. And I can get into specifics uh, related to break-even prices if you want me to. Well, yes, let's do that because uh, break-evens this year look good, but next year, uh, what are what are we looking at for break-evens? Well, first of all, I, I was I've been telling producers for the last several years that you need to shoot for four dollar corn. $4 break even on corn, and this is full costing, and so all the ownership costs related to land, all your your time uh, spent in the business is incorporated into those estimates, so that's full costing, or economic uh, economic costs are included, uh, but I, I've been telling people, shoot for $4 corn and $10 soybeans. Well, in 2022, uh, that would be very low cost of production. Uh, we're looking at something, and that's that's approximately what they were uh, for in 21, uh, four dollar corn and and, and uh, ten dollar soybeans. Uh, as you look at 2022, again, be, primarily because of cash rent and fertilizer, uh, you're looking at closer to 450 corn. Uh, and there's going to be people with with break evens as high as five dollars, particularly on 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 more marginal ground, uh, and and uh, probably eleven dollar soybeans. And so, uh, you know, much different world in 2022 with respect to break-even prices, uh, you know, compared to where we've been from 2014 to 2021. Uh, during that 2014 to 2021 period, there were very flat costs. I mean, the, the input costs were very flat, and so, uh, and, and so break-even, there wasn't much upward pressure on break-even prices, but that's changing, uh, you know, with the, with the increases in cash rent and the increases in fertilizer prices. Of course, we still have a crop to harvest here. We don't know what's going to happen in South America, but do you see those crop uh, prices staying relatively the same in 2022 then or even advancing? Can we hit those break-evens, do you think, uh, without too much trouble? I actually think, you know, looking looking ahead, if you look at the December 22 uh, uh, futures and you adjust for basis, um, the, the prices are not as good as what they were in 2021. That's certainly the case. But you're looking at a situation again. This is full costing, so uh, you know over a long period of time you expect uh, economic profit to be approximately zero. I, I think we're going to return uh, to to that that equilibrium point uh, where we're 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 going to be able to cover all of our costs, including opportunity costs. And and you know we didn't do that uh, during that 2014 to 2019 period on a lot of farms. And so even though the margins are quite a bit lower. Uh, in 2022 compared to 21, uh, it's still better uh, than what we experienced from 2014 uh, to 2019, and so much closer uh, to a to a break-even level uh, moving into 2022. Of course, there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, you know, related to where prices are heading, and even cost to uh, you know to some extent. Uh, and, and but but that, that's what we're, that's the way it's looking right now. You have some of these reference years that you point back to and say, well, 2021, 2022 may be similar to these in the past. What can we learn from those years in the past that maybe we should uh, take into going into 2022 as producers to say, you know, I should learn my lesson and perhaps think more about this. What types of things should we be thinking about as we head to harvest and then look to put a crop in next year? 
this is something I say every year, but as as but it's particularly important as as costs are increasing or as input prices are increasing, it's very very important that you look at each major cost item and and say is there any changes I can make to my operation uh, to to mitigate some of the increases in the input prices. And so taking a look at what you're doing from a fertilizer standpoint, uh, what you're doing from a seeding rate standpoint, just the little things, uh, just the little things can really make a difference. You know, five cents here, five cents there uh, in terms of a break even is, is huge. Uh, and, and so, just just keeping better records, uh, uh, particularly at the at, particularly at the field level, uh, to to find out what you know what is our break-even price on a particular field. Is there anything we can do differently, uh, you know, to mitigate some of these some of these increases in input prices? And so, it's not something it's not something that's 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 uh, uh, that, that's real uh, genius level, uh, but it's something that needs to be done uh, when 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 prices are increased when input prices are increasing like this. On the flip side of that, then we're talking input prices. But what about the price I'm going to sell that grain for? Any strategies I should think about in the in this type of market about capturing the the price I want to forward contracting or however I want to do that uh, to ensure that maybe I do hit those break evens. Well, certainly, uh, thinking about the marketing strategy for 2021, if some if someone has not uh, you know priced any of their their 2021 crop, they they probably should consider doing that because uh, there is some downside. Uh, even in the even in the 21 prices, if we have a larger crop, uh, you know, if so, if for some reason it's above trend, that would put downward pressure on price. I mean, so and you know, there's a lot of things going around the, the world, uh, you know, such as demand from China uh, for corn and soybeans and, and other things. And so uh, and so, if someone hasn't mar- hasn't marketed any of their 21 crop, uh, they certainly should think about doing doing uh, some of that uh, in 2022. Certainly, as we get uh, into the fall and winter. Uh, you know, take a look at those for those forward prices for the 22 crop, uh, and, and and compare that to the break evens. Uh, you know, looking right now, it looks like it's about a break even situation. Well, try to you, if you can if you can uh, lock something in that ensures that's at your break even level. Consider doing that. And so, uh, it, it's never too early to think about uh, not only this year's crop but the crop uh, the the crop after that. Do you think that these that the margins perhaps tightening does that then ripple through and affect and affect some of the land prices we see, or do the land prices continue to to move uh, independent so uh, so to speak of that? We've certainly seen land prices increase at a faster rate this year, it appears. But what do we see on that front? The the land prices it's based of course on the net return to land, and so some some of the things we're talking about the the upward pressure on cash rents that also translates into land values. But but if you take Indiana for example, we, uh, we did a recent survey here, and in, in 2021 uh, cash rents went up approximately five percent. Well, land values went up 12 to 14 percent, and so you kind of scratch your head. Well, there's something else going on there with land values. Uh, there's something else going on there. Well, part of it's optimism, I think. Um, you know, this is certainly strong margins, and so there's there's more cash there available for down payment. But it's also very low interest rates. And so when you're talking about land prices, you really need to t- take a look both at net return to land and also interest rates. Uh, if if the Federal Reserve decided to, to to increase interest rates, what they probably won't do for a while yet. Uh, but when they do that, that's going to have a negative impact on on land land prices. And so cash rent and land values. Uh, are usually highly correlated their movements, but but land price does d- depend on interest rates in addition uh, to the returns. And so when you're when you're talking land prices, you have to really pay close attention to what you think is going to happen to interest rates. 
Of course, we've lived through a, a year or two here that are unlike uh, some others because of COVID and the impact on the economy. You mentioned inflation earlier, and inflation certainly has affected things like the, the fertilizer prices, maybe fuel prices. Do you project that the inflation comes back a little bit as we move hopefully out of COVID, or how does the general inflation in the economy begin to ripple through into the ag economy? Well, the the, the inflation uh, that we're seeing in 2021 is a lot of a lot of it is largely due to to, to COVID, uh, and you know the, the shortages of, of of different products and you know chip shortage and, and various other things have have really caused some some uh, inflation ripples. Uh, you know, in, in the general economy, but also in agriculture. But but I I don't I don't I personally don't think we're going to go back to that two percent average uh, that we saw uh, in the last ten years for the average prices paid for farm inputs. Uh, I think we're going to be north of that somewhat. Uh, will it be ten percent? I don't think so. Uh, but I, I think I think it's part of the inflation we're seeing today. Uh, we're going to see again in 2022. Uh, you certainly would think that the inflation will taper off uh, as the economy uh, uh, you know, continues to, to strengthen. Uh, and the Federal Reserve, obviously, is keeping a, a close eye on that. But I think we're, we're going to have higher inflation here for the next two or three years than we've seen for a while. Uh, and, and so, and, and one of the things that inflation really causes is uncertainty. I remember back in the late 70s and early 80s when we had that high inflation. It's really tough to make decisions on purchasing assets, for example, and even purchasing uh, inputs for the next year uh, when you're seeing quite a bit of inflation. And so, uh, and so it really does complicate, uh, you know, complicate our, you know, the decision making in terms of what to grow and uh, and what our break-even price is going to be uh, when you have that uncertainty. But that's that's. That's what we're facing here for the next two or three years. Uh, you know, certainly, probably something lower than 2021, but it, it, we're going to see some inflation higher than what we've seen the last 10 years for two, three years. Michael, you mentioned the farm surveys that you do. Any other items that jump out to you right now? Uh, well, in general, the, the, the sentiment the last, the last couple months has been lower than what it was earlier this year. And, and I think what partly what's going on there is you, we don't know exactly what they're looking at, of course, when they, when they respond to the survey. But certainly, if you look at the nearby futures prices, the nearby futures prices today is much lower than what it was in May. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if people were expecting the, the, uh, uh, the six, seven dollar corn to, to continue, but that's certainly not going to continue. Uh, you know, as, as I've said earlier, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to approach, we're going to be much closer to break even price, uh, you know, in, in 2022. And, and quite frankly, if you're, if you're thinking about buying assets, that's what you need to think about 2022 and, and onward is, is, is what is my break even price? And you pro- probably have an expectation that the, that the crop price is going to mimic uh, the break-even prices for, for, for U.S. agriculture, and so and so. Uh, um, and if you, if you look at long runs since 2007, uh, 2007 to today, I think the average corn price in the U.S. Uh, is about 450. And so, if I was uh, looking at a long-run machinery, uh, looking at machinery purchases, building purchases, even land purchases, I would not use today's corn price. I would use 450. And so that's very important because that that's what you need to shoot for in terms of your cost of production. Uh, you know, if if uh, if the long run price is 450, and and uh, uh, and and that's the average. That's been the that's been uh, that's you know the average cost of production has been around 450, which it has. That's what I need to shoot for. 
and 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 so I I think yeah I think we need to change our our thinking a little bit uh, you know and you know and and, and realize that there were some special conditions uh, that that created uh, some increases in, in prices here that's great uh, but but they're probably not going to continue very long certainly good margins this year and we'll hope that we can hold things together even though input prices are looking to trend upward but uh, I think there's still reason for optimism in 2022. I I hope that uh, you see that as you look at the farmers and the surveys that you're talking to as well. I'm I'm very optimistic on agriculture long term. I I think uh, uh, U.S. agriculture has a very bright future because uh, we have some of the best ground in the world. Uh, and so certainly crop agriculture, but also live, livestock agriculture, we're very competitive when you look at break-even prices here in the United States compared to the rest of the world. And so, you know, given that and, 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 and likely increase in demand for food, uh, in, increase in demand for protein, we're sitting in a pretty good spot uh, in, in U.S. agriculture. And so it's, it's really easy to talk about the low margin years, but, but when, you look, when you look out of ways, there's, there's room for optimism. Michael, again, thank you for the time. You're welcome. The numbers vary by region, of course. Here on our farm in northwest Missouri, I believe we could have one of the best corn crops we've ever grown, and with corn prices in the mid $5 range and beans topping $13 in some locations, those numbers can work well this year. But as Michael shared, with those opportunities, we also see rising input costs, and that will definitely affect margins moving forward into 2022 and beyond. As always, thank you for joining us either on your local radio station or via the podcast. Remember, you can follow the show on Facebook or catch our daily American Countryside radio broadcasts on your local radio station, AmericanCountryside.com or on Facebook. And now you can also find us at TotalTownMakeover.com or follow Total Town Makeover on Facebook for content related to improving your community. I'm Andrew McRae. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot BioProven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com.